Welcome back to Deconstructing American Conservatism. I'm your host, James Killen, and Deconstructing American Conservatism is a window into my journey from burgeoning, far-right, bootstrap-touting, American exceptionalism, espousing, Democrat-bashing, conservative-Republican to where I am now. Now, where is that, you ask? That's a great question, because I have no idea, and that's what this podcast is about. It's about tearing down the ideological structures that facilitated my indoctrination into conservatism and keeps many who I love and care about from escaping. Now, I want to encourage an end to the competition and teams mentality that has so incredibly divided the United States of America. So left, right, conservative, liberal, Democrat, Republican, or other, I welcome you on this journey. I look forward to your feedback, and most of all, I look forward to making a positive impact, however small, on the public discourse in America. Now, this is an ad-free podcast, so if you enjoy the content and you have the ability, any support you can offer through Spotify or the Patreon would be hugely appreciated. With that said, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, let's get started with today's episode on the United States Constitution. If deconstructing American exceptionalism was the hardest thing for me, deconstructing my idolization of the United States Constitution was definitely a close second. The pedestal that conservatives and even a lot of liberals put the Constitution on is part of American exceptionalism. The Constitution is an incredible document, especially for the time it was written and the fact that nearly every democracy created afterwards is at least inspired in some part by our Constitution, which supports the assertion that it's an amazing document. And talking about this is hard. I know some folks are going to have a near visceral reaction to some of the things I say in this podcast. Uh, If I had to describe today's podcast in one word, I think controversial would have to be on the short list. But I don't believe America is going to move forward in this century without some really hard conversations about our Constitution. To tell you how hard this conversation is for some folks, I bounce ideas off of one of my Marine buddies a lot because we you know, always had great political conversations and he's a, a really smart guy. Uh, he's a bit ideological at times, but he's a good guy. Now, I made a statement that I'm going to tell you shortly and he ended the conversation. He refused to even discuss my question to him. That's how strongly people's emotions are attached to our Constitution. And I get it. I've almost come to blows with people over the Constitution. And when I was in college, I was debating an amendment proposal. And we're talking about a formal debate in my constitutional law class. Having this debate with a younger classmate of mine, and in rebuttal to my argument for a strict interpretation of the Constitution, she said, and I'm quoting here because I've never forgotten it, your argument is not valid because it's based on a strict interpretation of the Constitution. Our Constitution is an old document, and our government doesn't run like that anymore. That's what she said. I nearly passed out in horror at her suggestion that our government doesn't abide by the Constitution because it's old, and it took years before I understood that she was right. It took years to accept that our Constitution runs on Supreme Court precedent, not the actual Constitution. 
It runs on the Supreme Court's interpretation of the Constitution. And as we've seen recently, that interpretation can swing wildly, given that our Supreme Court has evolved into another political body divided ideologically. Now, you let that settle in, too. I, I have a degree in law and public policy. I was in a constitutional law class, and my misunderstanding of the Constitution was so strong, so fully indoctrinated in my thinking that it took me years after getting my degree to accept that our Constitution is merely a jumping-off point for the Supreme Court to tell the American public what our Constitution actually means. People also have this idea the Constitution is what makes our form of government special. Now, I can't tell you how many times I have tried to explain to someone that a republic is a type of democracy, only to be completely ignored because actually understanding the Constitution and our form of government is hard. It's so much easier to just hold on to a mythical idea of the Constitution as the thing that makes America what it is and end the discussion. Thank you, Pledge of Allegiance and our two-party system for indoctrinating the American public and confusing people's understanding of the words democracy and republic. There are also those who believe the Constitution was divinely inspired and ordained by God. Therefore, it is sacrosanct in almost a biblical way. But the Constitution is not what makes America, and it certainly isn't inspired by God, as Arizona House Speaker Rusty Bowers purported in his testimony to the January 6th committee. I had a visceral reaction to that statement. One, because the LDS Church was founded in the mid-1800s with no explicit reference to the United States Constitution. And two, just because most of the founders were supposedly men of God, and of course we, we can debate that given that they were almost all slaveholders and Madison himself, the father of our Constitution, or at least the primary writer, couldn't fashion a world where slavery didn't exist, but I'm going to digress. And yes, you can see, you, you can't see my eyes rolling, but they are rolling. Um, but the idea that somehow our founders being men of God equals a divinely inspired constitution, it, it isn't just juvenile, it's a correlation equals causation or questionable cause fallacy. Folks, uh, Americans are what makes America, not the constitution. As controversial as that statement is, constitutional exceptionalism is just as detrimental to the United States as American exceptionalism. And when I say the people are what makes America special, it's because the American people believe in a representative democracy. Even the ones who continually confuse what that is still argue for the, uh, the effective principle. Most of us agree the United States needs strong checks and balances on the federal government. Most of us agree that the states have the right to be semi-autonomous and cater within reason and you know a baseline set by the federal government, but cater to their, their people and their culture in those states. Our Constitution is an agreed-upon set of rules for our federal government, but we, the American people, agree upon those rules. We don't agree upon those rules because the Constitution says we have to. The Constitution is the rules because we said we want a constitutional set of rules for our government. I'm not sure if that's coming across correctly, but the point I'm making is that our Constitution is a representation of the people 
and the state's relationship with the United States federal government. It isn't the thing that makes the United States of America. It's a product of the people of the United States of America. People are also under the impression that the United States Constitution is the only thing standing between us and disaster, which is completely untrue also. All 50 states have constitutions. Yes, the federal one is the most important of these, so don't get me wrong, and it is important that we have a constitution at the federal level, but there is just no logic to the idea that the United States Constitution in its current form ratified in 1789 before electricity was a thing, let alone the internet and the global economy, but the idea that it is capable of continuing to manage the relationship between the people, the states, and the federal government in perpetuity is just wrong. The world's second oldest democracy is trying to effectively manage the largest federal workforce in the world, the world's most dynamic economy, the world's reserve currency, the third most populated country in the world, the most advanced military the world has ever seen, and the relationship between 330 million people and their 50 states, some of which comprise economies that when pulled out of the United States still rank in the top 10 and top 20 economies by GDP in the world. It's trying to do all that with a document that amounts to the most effective compromise 55 rich white male slave owners could come up with in a secret four-month-long meeting at a time when Kentucky consisted of three counties and was a, a, itself a county of Virginia only seven years earlier. And it's, it was still considered frontier territory. The idea the United States Constitution is sacrosanct or the idea that substantially amending or revising it would somehow usher in Armageddon or destroy the United States is just bunk. Did you know there are currently, right now, 19 states who have passed resolutions to call for a convention of the states? Another 14 are considering it this year, and six more have re resolutions right now that have passed at least one chamber of their bicameral legislatures. There is a growing consensus that the United States Constitution is not likely to survive much longer without effectively tearing the country apart. Thank you, Supreme Court. Side note, the organization pushing that convention uh, of the states is a deeply partisan conservative organization whose goal is to severely limit the power of the federal government. I know this because I was a financial contributor to them several years ago. The organization is endorsed by Sean Hannity, Sarah Palin, Rick Santorum, and you remember the guy who said you can't even lie to Congress or the FBI anymore, Louis Gohmert? Yeah, he's a supporter too. The battle over the Supreme Court is getting scarier by the day. The Senate has become all but obstructionist as a result of our devolving into a two-party nation. We've been in a perpetual state of war for more than a hundred years. The Electoral College is under active attack, and not just by state legislatures, but by the, the Supreme Court as well, because the entire institution is just strange. You know, our nation's infrastructure is crumbling 
while we're spending trillions of dollars policing the world and our tax system and financial markets are robbing the American people blind while our government fights over whether or not a woman has a right to her own body and whether or not it's child abuse or medical care for a young person to seek help when they struggle with gender dysphoria. And that's to say nothing about our issues with guns, immigration, education, law enforcement, incarceration, healthcare, gerrymandering, or corruption. So the problem is our country has been fed a steady diet of misrepresentation about our Constitution, which makes any discussion of fixing it turn into a question of patriotism rather than questions of how do we fix it and what does fixing it look like. We have a Constitution that is 233 years old and has been substantially ruled on more than 400 times by our nation's Supreme Court. And we have a well-organized conservative action group mounting a very effective campaign to call for a constitutional convention where politicians, lobbyists, and billionaires have the opportunity to weaken the federal government, deregulate the economy, and destroy America's social safety net. So what can we do about it? Well, I'm glad you asked. I was going to release this podcast Monday, then Tuesday, and here we are on Thursday, and I'm finally almost quasi-ready to put it out there. I've been worried about its reception uh, since my buddy effectively ended the conversation the moment I brought it up. I don't want people to take me the wrong way or assume I'm saying something that I'm not. So there are probably going to be several qualifiers in the next couple minutes. We know we can't leave the proposal of amendments in a constitutional convention to politicians and billionaires. And we especially need to strip the organization convention of the states of its influence because they want to return us to the start of the American Industrial Revolution. They don't care about the United States. They care about money and power. Now, we also know that if we did allow those people to propose amendments, whatever they're able to come up with is most likely going to be rejected by at least 13 states. So even if we do call a constitutional convention, spend untold hundreds of millions of dollars in food and accommodations for people who could pay for it themselves, it's, it's likely to end in a stalemate or at least be gridlocked and argued over for decades. Which leads me to my announcement, if you will. Technology has advanced a lot in the last 20 years, so much so that I believe it's possible to crowdsource a new and improved United States Constitution. And wait, don't lose your mind just yet. The only thing I'm proposing is crowdsourcing the drafting. I am not by any means, manner, shape, form, nor fashion, suggesting it be implemented by we the people. Article 5 of our current Constitution and the collective legislatures of the United States would still be the mechanism. We would still call for a constitutional convention. All the same rules would apply, and a peaceful and orderly transition plan and schedule would absolutely have to be involved. But by doing it in a manner that allows every American who wants to have a say be part of it, we not only show the world that America is capable of coming together, we're also capable of growth and worthy of leading the world. 
Now, I've already started building the platform. I, I would definitely use something like ID.me uh, to verify that all participants are American citizens. Uh, there will be checks and safeguards in place, and it would be open and an open and transparent forum uh, for those who are willing to meet the citizenship requirements for participation. Uh, but an open forum is what we need. If you're interested in checking it out, there is a link in the podcast description. It's just a shell. I'm floating the concept at the moment, but actively outlining the structure and the interface as we speak. If you'd like to, to be kept in the loop uh, with respect to the project, be sure and add your email address. And if you'd like to be a delegate or an observer, please check out those pages for those baseline requirements. Uh, I look forward to your all's feedback. Like I said, really worried about uh, putting this out here because I don't want it to be taken the wrong way. Um, please consider supporting my efforts You know, to deconstruct American conservatism by visiting the patreon uh, link in the description also and with that said uh, hopefully nobody has taken my words out of context here uh, i hope you all have an absolutely wonderful day thank you so much